0: As humans, whenever we want to do something terrible to someone else, first we have to make ourselves disgusted by them. Experts in propaganda used to call this dehumanizing a population, but more recent studies point out that genuine hatred doesn't come from seeing someone else as an animal. Genuine hatred comes from truly seeing someone as human and being disgusted by their version of humanity.
1: This is a disgusting uh, mark on American history by these bandits in the White House.
0: It's a travesty. It's disgusting. When the British Empire justified the Boer War or the colonization of Indian Australia, it wasn't enough to call them savages. To get the people in London streets really nodding their heads in approval, the British crown had to make them sound gross and inept, lawless, godless groups that needed to be civilized. And if the British crown got wealthy doing it, that was painted as a bonus. Paul Rawson, the world's leading scholar on disgust, calls it the body and soul emotion. Once triggered, disgust gives the audience immediate moral permission to stop seeing the other side as rational human beings. Ancient Greek and Roman leaders often referred to foreigners as barbarians and spun stories about how their leaders committed incest. Before the Punic Wars, Cato the Elder convinced his fellow Romans that Carthaginians were untrustworthy barbarians who committed child sacrifices. In 1895, after Japan defeated China for the First Sino-Japanese War, Japanese referred to China as Sick Men of Asia, which they originally stole from the Russian Tsar Nicholas I, who used the term Sick Man of Europe to bash on the collapsing Ottoman Empire. In every area of politics, encouraging a nation to feel disgust for another group is the playbook for pushing a population to war. Disgust is a secret weakness we all share. Disgust is the easy button leaders use to push us into hating other people. At the time of this writing, MSNBC has posted a YouTube video referring to Republican tactics at the Southern border as barbaric. Fox has a new video referring to liberal education as a sick lie. And in the past 10 years, Both political sides have been accused of ritualistic child abuse, see Pizzagate, or of being sick and unhealthy, see COVID, and of being barbaric and morally bankrupt, see border policies, which, all things considered, are the same sort of accusations ancient Romans made whenever they wanted to subjugate another group. This is a very old playbook, and yet we still fall for it. Because it all revolves around a very old emotional trigger, disgust. This is our focus for today, disgust. And we have three myths to bust. Myth one, is disgust the purest trigger we have? If disgust can make us so crazy, why is it built into us in the first place? Myth two, do we have a choice? Can you choose not to be disgusted by a smell of trash? Or the sight of vomit? Can you choose not to be morally disgusted by something on the news? Myth three Does disgust take sides? Who falls victim to disgust more often? Liberals or conservative? Are men easier to discuss than women? We're going to get to our myths. But first, I want to talk to Joe and figure out what late night internet rabbit hole incepted this episode.
1: So I, I told you that. Uh, for the PI license I have to read or listen or or attend ethics classes from time to time
0: yeah to keep it certification to keep it up keep it current
1: right exactly um, well I, I had choices Like, like you can take a very basic boring ethics class or you can go to you know college ethics classes or, or ethics 101 or the ones that basically are like here are some greek philosophers you've you know probably heard of here are their basic stories but i i like to veer off whenever i'm given a choice of do i want the basic and easy or do i want something that sounds bizarre i go bizarre it, that's that's how this podcast exists um, i found a fantastic class i recommend everybody take it's free. You can get it through Coursera or YouTube. It's Paul Bloom's uh um it, it's it's The Moralities of Everyday Life and it is uh sponsored by Yale. Like it is a Yale class, but you can just sit and listen through it as a podcast or or as a an audio system or whatever. I recommend his whole series. But there was one um uh he gave a lecture and pretty much our whole episode is based on his lecture. Um he gave a lecture where he touched on um a guy named Rosin, his 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 studies about disgust. And it was a, a huge mind blower. Um it's one of those things where like you 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 dig deep and and you find a very, very, very simple explanation for an emotion or for a trigger in humans or or for something in your mind. So this this one, disgust, it was like like he talks about it it's universal it touches everybody um it it affects our behavior profoundly in in very negative ways oftentimes um so I, I wanted to take his little blurb expand it unpack it read into it go down a rabbit hole uh, and then I want to make you uh feel physically disgusted Todd uh, I want to torture you during this episode that's the whole point of this well,
0: I'll tell you what my interest in this is and I've seen this in my romantic relationships and then I kind of start to really take inventory of my life I've seen it in all my relationships where um, and um you've talked to me about this, you've trained me on this and we studied it on the show that relationships kind of run their course and it's that 7 year inch, you know, that 7 to 10 year where a relationship ends but the final straw in relationship is when the, the partner is disgusted by the other partner
1: right <laughs>
0: and and I really want to avoid that in all my relations. I don't want to be disgusted by anyone, and I certainly don't want to disgust anyone. <laughs> and sometimes I disgust myself, and I know what a ugly feeling that is. Right, right. To be to be either side of it is not fun. So I want to figure out how to at least you know take the edge off that blade a bit.
1: And we're not just strictly talking about physical disgust uh, of a partner. Like like they clip their toenails toenails uh, in the sink and you you want them to die for it. Um, it is the disgust from their behavior, like their their the way they act, the way they sound, the way they talk, disgusts you. And um, we've covered on ep- other episodes um, uh, that the Gottman Institute identifies disgust as um, one of the four horsemen of divorce. That <laughs> once you see disgust in somebody else and their 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 behavior and presence disgusts you. And you start seeing that reflected in their face in micro expressions toward you, it's over. Like that's that's one of the big you know, you can you can salvage things, but above ninety percent predictor for whether or not you'll get divorced is is when they start showing disgust for you.
0: This starts to happen at year seven in most relationships. And then what I think is it takes a few more years for it to actually be over because it, it was over at that point when the disgust kicked in.
1: You both keep just, dragging it.
0: You do because you want. There's social pressure, and you're uh, insecure that you can't meet somebody else. You know, and you, <laughs> and then finally, you're so disgusted with them, you don't care. You just want to get away from that person, right? And the feeling's mutual.
1: Oh, oh my God! <laughs> yeah, you, if you were disgusted by them, they, they, yeah, they were. Close. <laughs> They're way ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, d- well, disgust is such. Um, the reason why we're doing this episode is. I, it it drives it's the only emotion that brings out an immediate physical reaction like every other emotion you can think about it dwell on it brood on it it changes your behavior eventually disgust is immediate it's a, it's right away it has a they call it a, a full body reaction like you feel it everywhere in your body when you're fully disgusted by something you you might retch vomit make a weird face like you you might shiver um so like it's an emotion that that affects you profoundly everywhere and it's it's it has so many of these components. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that first is um superficial disgust and like where disgust comes from, why we might feel disgusted by something, and how that turns moral and how we start being disgusted by a partner or a neighbor who isn't the same, you know, ethnicity as us, or or why we might be disgusted by a whole country of people because, you know, the the philosopher Cato the Elder says that they're sacrificing children. So we'll We'll go through these types of disgust one at a time, and we'll talk about why they exist. and then we'll get into the absolute glaring flaws and dangers that that presents um, so first let's let's go with um how we we start learning how to be disgusted by people um, and i'll 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 start with like like so so I don't put Todd on the spot and make him feel bad. i'll I'll start by explaining that evolutionary scientists believe that disgust came from us wanting to not die from food pathogens contagions and parasites the idea is that um if you ancient man sits down and eats a meal if if ancient man isn't disgusted enough by by bad food ancient man will eat anything i i am by the way i fall into this category unfortunately i'm like a caveman i will pull (laughs) old rotting leftovers out of the fridge if it's the chinese food i'll eat it i don't care if it's four weeks old um
0: (laughs) i saw him eating a raccoon on the side of the road one time
1: (laughs) (laughs) he was well i ate the raccoon because he was getting into my garbage and i wanted to eat that too um oh boy so if you have if you have too little disgust um you will eat the wrong thing and die specifically meats yeah we're, we're, we're disgusted <laughs> by meats feces urine things that will hurt us basically um if you have too much disgust like like if you are um uh, she's not around so i can say this if you're like my fiance you sit at a dinner table at a restaurant and like you will turn your nose up at the pineapple because it's a bit too dried and that has a weird texture or it's you know the meat isn't Cooked in the right way, but it's, it's, you know, it's the meat they want, but it's, it's not cooked on the edges correctly. So I can say that she'll kill me later, um, which is fine. I deserve it. Uh, But the idea is that too little, like too much disgust, if you're disgusted by everything and you live in the ancient world you won't eat like like nothing is going to look good to you if it's it's caveman era everything is barely cooked over a a big fire like a bonfire and you're bringing back like you know giraffe on a spit you're not going to eat and you'll eventually perish so we we have this extraordinarily like like harp tuned machine or, or 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 deciding engine in our head which is disgust it tells us what we can eat and what we can't when you when you smell that you know uh, a jug of milk, um if you're one of those people who would take a swig to test it, you may be one of the people who have a very low disgust uh, level. If you look at the 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 best buy date and throw everything out before it reaches that date, you probably have a a high disgust sensitivity um, and And the first time that you get disgusted by something that you can remember, that's always interesting to me. Um, like like the, the idea that there's probably a, a moment in your, your mind where you like first learn disgust or, or, or you, you really sort of like learn that you have a, a, a disgust tolerance of some sort. I was going to ask Todd to start us off. Is there a time like where you had superficial disgust? We're, we're going to break these out into
0: yeah, yeah mean, superficial
1: I'd... like caveman level and, and we'll go moral after that.
0: I had I have one that's a silly one, but you know I'm a big sports fan. NFL is, you know, National Football League is my favorite sport by far. Um, but I don't like the the tailgaters, the guys that go out there at six a. M., six a.m. and the cold, and and um, you know the big stomachs out there, and they're they're swearing and spitting, and they're drunk, and they've got barbecue <laughs> sauce running. You know what I mean? right and they beat up people in front of their kids and over the color of their team and i just think it's so stupid and for such a you know cerebral sport with amazing athletes i think that's funny that that's the way they worship the
1: sport
0: (laughs) (laughs) i just hate it i think it should be banned and it doesn't look fun to me it just looks stupid
1: that's incredible I've uh, th- this might shock you but I've never been to a tailgate party I've only ever seen it on commercials it always looks great on commercials it's it's people with amazing shiny trucks and and women with uh in beer commercials they look attractive and guys that are watching big screen TVs in their truck even though they're out in the middle of you know, a parking lot
0: that's all there yeah that's part of it <laughs>
1: okay that's it's it's funny yeah. you mentioned the rib eating, the spitting, uh, like all these physical like like fluids and like meat and like all things. It's that gluttony. Could...
0: It's gluttony at its best. Yeah. I'm going to sit here like a turd for eight <laughs> hours and eat.
1: <laughs> but the the elements of, of this disgust all come from like things that could potentially be infectious or, or things that could potentially yeah. carry yeah. with it. Well, Yeah.
0: When you're you you kind of warming up the show there, that's what I thought. I I, I think of that little kid, um, that three-year-old who says gross when they're eating something. You could see yeah. that that would be kind of primal, you know, that they just hate it. They just hate vegetables. Like, yuck, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you can see it through their whole body because they're not, you know, they're expressive. They're little. They haven't toned that down yet. Right.
1: Well, well um, uh, I think it's Paul Rosin's, uh studies. Like, food and meat is a huge part of it. And the, the, your disgust sensitivity will also determine how willing you are to try new foods. If it is a, a food you've never had before um, and you're very disgust sensitive, you, you, you normally, you, know, you don't take a lot of risks in, in food, then you are unlikely to try new things even as a kid. So like, yeah, that, that totally applies. Like this is all in the same ballpark. Um, now, if we get away from food, and we get away from like we'll we'll call them uh the the superficial disgust is like you know all the things we talk about uh, food, parasites, bacteria, feces uh, uh fluids, things that actually could make us sick. Now we get into like moral disgust and just disgust of people. so we'll start with i I'll share sort of my um superficial disgust first, um when I found out that there are parts of the world where People don't shake with their left hand because that's the hand that uh, handles wiping when they go to the bathroom. That stuck with me so hard. And I, I I, I tried to disprove it. Like, like as an adult, I'm like, I heard about this when I was a kid. It, it grossed me out thinking that they didn't have enough money for toilet paper, so they just use their left hand. Um, that has to be false. Like, I, I actually have looked it up several times since. It's still true. Like, it, it just comes down to... impoverished countries where you know, buying $13 packs of toilet paper a day isn't practical not realistic at all right, so it just it's a real thing but that was my first real sort of like moment where I'm like, oh, I can feel disgusted I, I, other people are disgusted by me raccooning my way through a fridge of old food, whereas I am disgusted by, you know uh, um, basically feces
0: (laughs) I'm going to use that in conversation,
1: (laughs) but the Uh. same trigger that we have the same, the same disgust trigger, we can have that trigger morally and it is the same trigger. It's the same parts of the brain. It's the same circuits. uh, It is, it is the same area lights up when you tell somebody something they don't want to hear about another group. Now we mentioned um, the, the Roman philosopher uh, Cato, the elder would, say that you know carthaginian oh man i can't believe i screwed that up carthaginians would sacrifice children or that they were um you know they they would eat people uh cannibalism um there's a lot of these disgust things that like you tell somebody that somebody is reprehensible morally and you get the same feeling like like you the the face people make When I, if I successfully convince you that somebody is a cannibal or, you know, hurts children, people have the same look on their face where they sneer with their lips and their brow comes down. They, they have the same physical reaction as if they had eaten something bad or smelled something bad. Um, so it's, it's the same circuit. Um, for me, the, the first time I can think of when I, I actually felt disgust for a people, um, was when I heard about honor killings. Um, And if you're unfamiliar with that, that is a practice that is currently um, it's been going down in in most parts of the world, but it's actually been going up in India. uh, Parts of it where if a young woman uh, sullies the honor of her family by having sex out of wedlock, the father will kill her. Uh, And usually it is done with the family's knowledge. Um, And it's it is a, a horrific thing. And. It's weird for me to know now that disgust is a trigger and I can be disgusted by a whole group of people. And the idea that that I, I think when you know that you're in a, a morally dangerous place is when you realize that you would be okay with a whole group of people being put on a boat and sunk. And that's how I feel about people who condone and participate in honor killings and just the societies that do it.
0: Well, and it's to, to kill your own daughter is different than, you know, I want to. I want a boat full of lawyers to sink, you know, right. it, it, it's, it's just a different level of that's. I, I just think it's not the way in your nature to kill your own right over, over a right. very natural act. You know, I mean, I could see if they were trying to kill another member of your family, maybe but not because they, they fell in love with somebody and, and want to do something that's very natural.
1: Right. And it's, it's weird to me that, one, I, I, I this lets me know I can fall for um, propaganda because mm-hmm. i I know this is true because it's newspaper reporting and statistics, and everything bears out that, yes, honor killings exist and that it it happens in a part of the world. But my brain takes that to a moral purity place where i i'm I'm not just like, let's individually prosecute. The people who do it one at a time, tediously, and maybe, you know, we get them if we have a just system, which doesn't exist in that part of the world. No, my brain goes to the extreme where it's like everyone who participates in yeah. it condones it or even is in that society or, knows, it. About it. or yeah. knows about it or knows about. Yeah. Like it's like it's like, I'll, I'll yeah, I, I'm my brain becomes OK, very scarily quickly with the idea of everyone who doesn't stop it in that part of the world should be on a boat that's sinking. And that lets me know that I, I I would fall for propaganda. Like like if if somebody tells me that a small group of people are doing a heinous thing and that everybody around them is okay with it or at least doesn't stop it, it's it's scary how quick you can realize disgust can make you fall for Cato the Elder or fall for Tsar Nicholas, who is calling Ottoman Empire the sick man of Asia, or or all these other examples where we're like all you have to do is convince them that everybody is okay with a small batch of people doing something morally disgusting. And we, we get that trigger. We, we get that response from you that like, you know, you smelled something bad or you ate something bad, or here's a group of people who are doing something bad and you get that disgust trigger. Suddenly it's like, okay, now you can get me to rationalize doing something unconscionable. Is that okay? So I I guess, I guess my next question is, do you forgive people who, who, who fall for that kind of stuff? like let's let's go back to the the ridiculous like not all like nobody in in Carthage in ancient Rome like that Carthage was just another country that Rome wanted to conquer it wasn't like <laughs> like Carthaginians weren't sacrificing children um same thing with um we 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 have these political scandals in the US that happen pretty frequently where um one political side online will claim that the other political side is literally sacrificing children or making islands for pedophiles to go visit and stuff. There was Epstein Island, that's a real thing. well but like
0: yeah, on the on the on the political front, it was a big thing not that long ago that that all these people were coming from south south um from Mexico and from South America, from Central America and they were gang banging, they're going to murder you. Crime rates are going to go up. They're all going to be on welfare.
1: They're right.
0: not. They're not just going to kill you, but they're also going to dra- drain your economy. So all your money is going to go to taking care of people who don't want to work. I mean, it was pretty. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what. That's the message I got. Right. And they were bringing diseases and all. I mean, it was. They kept laying layers and layers on it, to the point that it was whipping people into a frenzy for moral outrage that they were setting up little military um, bases in Arizona to fight this.
1: That's right. It was the the caravans of immigrants claim. And it's funny that that time it didn't materialize. But then years later, we have a crazy immigration. Like we have we have people from African countries stacking up at the border. So not even the group we claimed. It's just from time to time, a large group of immigrants will show up because something happens in another part of the world. Yeah. and, And we have to. Politically, to to convince everyone to turn them away, we have to come up with the heinous yeah, it reasons happened why with
0: the Cubans, right? What's happened with the Cubans? It just happens all, throughout history in this country, right?
1: And by the way, if you think that only Americans um, make these claims up to disgust each other, um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of groups out there. If you ever take a international cruise, it's very interesting because you will run into people who dislike Americans. Because we all have insane politics and, and we, you know, we eat things that other people won't eat. Um, we, we, any, uh, I mean, honestly, anybody who eats a KFC double down or a double stack or whatever that thing is called, where the chicken is the bread and then there's just calories in between. <laughs> I think it's a double down. I I think I am disgusted by my own behavior and I will eat that thing. <sighs> but i mean we're uh, as a country we are currently bringing back um or or, uh rolling back laws about child labor and like we're doing things that honestly do disgust other countries i mean like if Cato the elder was like yeah those americans over there like rome should conquer america because they're bringing back child labor it's like that would actually be kind of a legit claim to start making except he'd have to dial it up to really get people disgusted and say that we're also barbarians and things like that um, so that's, that's the, the direction we want to take it is so now we know that disgust uh, is a trigger in us it starts with food uh, it, it determines whether or not we die uh, by being too disgusted to eat things that are questionable or not being disgusted enough to stop eating something that is clearly gone bad weeks ago Um, And then we we just apply it to everything that that our brain now has this uh, ability to be disgusted and to to want to get rid of anything that disgusts us. So that becomes a moral thing that we carry over to strangers. Now, there's there's another argument. Um, I think Paul Rosen was also the reason for this argument. The idea that strangers disgust us if they're not from our culture and they're not they don't look like us. They don't smell like us. They don't eat the same things as us um one of the arguments is that well that's because in early times before we had airplanes they could carry diseases um the the whole book 1491 is about um people arrived in america carrying diseases from europe and you know they carried these diseases because of animal husbandry that they they lived around pigs and cows and sheep and they had spent hundreds of years developing resistances toward you know, smallpox and um, herpes and things like that. And then they show up with all of these uh, animal-based diseases to America, a country that didn't have these kind of farms and hadn't spent hundreds of years building up resistances. And then it just completely wipes out everybody. Um, In that circumstance, uh, if, if we were a couple hundred years ago, I can understand feeling disgust to shake a stranger's hand. Um,
0: cuz they are dirty and they're carrying all these things it's, they're carrying a plague with them right
1: right i mean like like because humans quite literally were dirty like like we the best we could do is the best soaps were made out of like fat like lye and and you know river soap and, and like tallow and like yeah the, uh, the best methods of cleaning ourselves were not that good our our best disease resistance wasn't cleanliness it was actually just surviving Family by family, like generation by generation surviving the stuff that would normally kill you off. So, like, yeah, you, you could literally die from shaking a stranger's hand a couple hundred years ago.
0: Where's the line between what's unfamiliar and disgust?
1: Right. That, that's, that's a, that is 100% on point. It's, it's unfamiliar. We oftentimes conflate unfamiliar with disgust. If we Because sound- we're
0: fearful, right? We're a little yeah. bit afraid.
1: And and, and I, yeah, it's a good trigger to be built into us because that fear kept us alive.
0: <laughs> well, and, and as someone who's had a majority of them relationships were interracial, you know, with different with the different races, I noticed that when you first meet someone of a different race, you know, romantically, there is a discomfort. Or just not being familiar and then once it's gone it's gone it, you know but it, right <laughs> it takes a little while it, and it's both ways you know it's
1: uh... one of the the strangest feelings as a human is to um uh intermix or 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 communicate or or um what do you call it when you go to learn a new language um you you immerse yourself yeah. in another culture emergence is the first time you smell somebody else's house and realize that they don't eat the same foods you do that they, they the the people and the foods all altogether don't smell like you do or what you're familiar with
0: yeah my friends from peru and it's a, a common food there is guinea pig it's, and that just grossed me to the cuz to me that's a pet not a rat it's not a food i mean it's it's either it's more a rat than it is a right a pet so and I didn't even see it, and I didn't want to have any. I didn't want to be in a house where they were kicking, cooking gu- guinea pigs. Period. That would. I, mean, be- I would run down the street. <laughs> you- and he's a great guy, and I hug him, shake his hand and know his kids and his wife. <laughs> but I'm afraid to go to his house because they might be cooking a guinea pig.
1: I don't know why that disgusted me. Like you said that, and it it actually gave me that disgust reaction. I, I just imagined, yeah, furry little uh, nuggets uh, like boiling in a pot, and I'm just like, <laughs> the the trick. And this is from uh, Paul Bloom again. The trick to uh, getting a population to commit genocide every every genocidal movement, honestly, every war on record, um, it starts with signs of disgust. You you have to make. Uh, the people um that you are convincing to go to war you have to convince them to to hate and despise a group we know that already that's dumb that's propaganda like that's the no duh part of this the the interesting part of this is you also have to make them disgusted um you have to tell them that uh like like our our last war terrorism is evil but also um you know uh like it's terrorism, we don't stand for it. Also, they live in squalor. Also, you know, they don't have the same technology we do. They, you know, they they live off of goats. Like like you have to get in and dig into that disgust trigger to get people motivated enough to want to go to war. And the more disgust you can get somebody to to have, the more you can make them do. Uh if you if you simply tell them uh the progressive party is um backwards and they don't have the right ideas, that might be true for certain policies. But then you tell them, oh, there's this pizza shop where they are trafficking underage children. Then you get someone to show up with a gun. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Well, that's interesting. So so you think that the 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 um disgust factor is a bigger, is a better way to get results than the fear factor that they're going to take what you have or they're going to kill you? You think the um, hatred is more powerful?
1: I, I 100% think that disgust is more powerful than hatred. I think they go together. I think I can make you hate somebody and it will simply make you not want to communicate with them, shelter yourself from them, separate you. You might build a wall about it, but if I make you disgusted by somebody, you'll want to kill them. Like you will outright want to, to like getting rid of them brings back uh, a purity of sorts. And that's, that's what is on the other side of disgust is when you, when you boil food, you purify it. When you burn, you know, uh, a food, when you, when you Clorox bleach something, you are purifying, a, a something that is a contaminant to you See, if you I, I, yeah
0: i feel that way about people who and i'm not saying this to, for my own ego that i'm a great person i have a genuine love for a- animals i don't just hate people who are mean or, or or are violent towards animals but even people that neglect animals i have such strong feelings of hate that i don't you know what i mean that's almost unhealthy right like it's kind of like those prisoners who they hate guys who are childless or it's like get so you know what i mean and they're they've been no angels by any stretch of any imagination and they probably have done similar things you know but they work themselves up into uh and that's how i'm about animals I'm just it's weird it's not i know it's not healthy it's, it's just very unhealthy
1: Right. And when you when you think about those conditions of squalor from like a bad puppy mill or, or somebody who's neglecting an animal, oftentimes there are elements of disgust involved. There's there's bad food in their cage or they haven't their feces haven't been picked up or they have signs of infection the animals do on them. So like all those same exact disgust triggers that we have, you're Rhyme you're right. yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're sympathizing or, or, or projecting from that animal like they are they are living with. um literally discuss triggers things that that will parasitize them or, or infect them. And so you are, you are mentally taking that on yourself. You're like, okay, this is so disgusting. The person who did it needs to die. So um, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's another one where, you know, if you want to kill people who are torturing animals, that is probably healthy. That is, that is a, a, I would say just from me personally, that is a a good moral response. If you, extend that and say anybody or any society who allows that to happen like like if we take you know a puppy mill owner and we say everybody in that city now should be on a ship that sinks because they allowed it to happen that's where you get into very morally dangerous territory that that becomes propaganda
0: then to the simpletons you know the the government will sell to this to us the simpletons that everyone does that in this country right that's that's common that's one of their common things. That's how they treat people. That's how they treat their children. That's how they treat their animals. You know,
1: I, this is getting into tinfoil hat territory. While I was reading about this, I'm like, why are we not so bothered by corruption? Like Michael, um, Michael Lewin, the guy that wrote uh, Moneyball and um, Liars Poker. And he reported a lot on the corruption in Wall Street. uh, When it happened, Um, he said something, he's like, we, you know, we, we, can't bring ourselves to to not love the rich we may not like them like like we can't bring ourselves to love the poor though like there's a weird thing where we should hate people who are dealing in corruption and making our lives miserable we actually don't hate them what we hate is uh uh, poverty and squalor and like disease and and seeing somebody who looks dirty almost yeah Yeah, we actually have disgust for people who will do us no wrong and will never do us wrong except for existing and possibly, you know, making a mess of, you know, the front of our shop. We are not disgusted and we don't really just don't give a shit about the people who are making our economy terrible and literally are stealing our mortgage like like a. Well,
0: I I tell you why. Yeah, I think that what we think is, first of all, we think those people are better than us. They're smarter than us. They know things that we don't. And that's their spoils of war. Yeah, that we're going to allow them to steal a certain amount because that's they've deserve it because <laughs> they, they've got
1: skills. Yeah,
0: right. And and, and we kind of want to be them, so we think we'll just kind of look. Yeah. I know it's weird, right? We're so critical. It's kind of like the the legal system where they're so hard on somebody who, you know, the lower social class who gets a doesn't pay his tickets, and it's this down spiral. But then you can have a judge who does horrible things for years in the millions, and, right? Uh, and gets a slap on the wrist.
1: Yeah, it's it's we dislike a uh, an impoverished addict more than we dislike an impoverished or a a wealthy addict. You take a a Wall Street broker who is on cocaine and alcohol and is cheating on his wife, we like them better as a person <laughs> than we like somebody from Appalachia who is living in a very squalor environment and is dirty and gross and and, and smells bad. not like so true. We, yeah, it's so
0: true. Yeah, we,
1: we like the guy that has a nice row of teeth and clearly goes to the dentist and is wearing a suit. Like, like we will take cleanliness and something that doesn't trigger our disgust over somebody who really will do us no harm in their life. And it's, uh, it, it, it just comes down to familiar versus unfamiliar. I, um, I'm gonna give you a a small example. Um, actually, I think I think you might have a better example. Uh, did I send you the thing about Darwin realizing his disgust? Yes. Okay, <laughs> can we talk about that moment?
0: Please, yeah, that's crazy. So th- this this comes from a New York Times article and this is for 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 Darwin. And Darwin's talking about um it's it, the the writing is the expression of the motions in man and animals. And he he had an encounter where he was um eating with naked savages. And it was at a campsite and he had brought portions of um of Cold meat, and this this savage came over, and poked at his food. And he was the the man was disgusted by the texture of it. Kind of like, what do you eat? And this is disgusting. And he was making all the body language.
1: <laughs> it's like the first time you go to sushi.
0: But this made as soon as it was touched, this made Darwin disgusted. And he's trying to figure out what it was. Was was it his naked? Was it because he was naked, or was because it, it was foreign to him? he didn't understand why he felt inside after this man touched this, that he was disgusted by not just the food that he had, that it, that it was kind of like now it was poison, but, but that the person would come up and talk to him. How, can you unpack that for me?
1: It's I, yeah, it is a double dose of disgust irony. The idea that like, okay, so, so
0: and Darwin this, is Darwin is about the self-awareness I like, get. Yeah, we can agree on that. Right. Right. I mean, that's his thing. <laughs>
1: well, I think it's impressive he had this thought that shows self-awareness that he would realize the irony that, he, that Darwin will eat a turtle. He'll eat anything like that's, um It doesn't say that in this article, but I'm just going to, like, jump in here. Um, Darwin was a member of, like, a, a exotic food club back in college. And so, like, they would eat ostriches. They would, like, rip apart a turtle. Like, like, there's a bunch of the tortoises they came back from the Galapagos with didn't make it because Darwin kept eating them and like so did the ship's crew. Um, He would eat anything and so the the fact that Darwin had enough self-awareness to be like oh my my raw meat is weird like I'm about to eat these chunks of raw meat because basically he's eating it like sushi and he thinks it's funny that a savage is disgusted like like a, a savage a um tribesman from Tierra del Fuego is disgusted when he's like Poking the meat and being like, "You're seriously going to eat this, Darwin?" And then Darwin's like, "It's weird that I'm disgusted that you're touching my food, <laughs> like that, right, that a, a because, quote unquote savage is touching it."
0: Yeah, I can see him in that group in that very high social class where they eat a Komodo dragon, right? They'll they'll eat anything out of for status, right? right. <laughs> They're tough. <laughs> it's kind of like Fear Factor back in the day, right? Just the, the weirder and grosser and the weirder texture and gamier the better. So <laughs> him of all people, you know wouldn't let that bother him
1: it's so funny you mention that i i we we had a uh our opening is about basically like using disgust as a political tool but we should have just played the first 30 minutes of a fear factor episode and that would have told you everything you need to know about disgust and how (laughs) how to manipulate people i can't believe that show was on the air for as long as it was
0: i'm not disgusted but i'm impressed that charles darwin had 10 children (laughs) that's impressive especially in the good old days because there's probably a lot of you know stillborn and you know
1: i'm just imagining him being like this this moth lays a thousand eggs and only x amount will survive i better get i better get hatching like this is (laughs) um okay so
0: could have been a very loving father you think maybe he was i don't know
1: or he he was just studying his kids like that would yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah,
0: exactly because he wants to see his own DNA. He probably—that's probably what it was. It's just a big science experiment.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna do a Darwin episode. I've that has now been determined. Thank you for <laughs> getting us onto the subject of Darwin. Sorry, um, I went down that rabbit hole. I know that's that's germane. Um, so do you want to find out how disgust sensitive you and I are, like? There's a test. There is actually a a legit test in in the world of psychology for this. Um so I'm going to I'm going to have you give numbers for these. We're going to go 1 to 10. We'll we'll do 1 to 10 scale. Um the first question. And there's there's a lot of these. We're only going to do 3, but um the question is you have to pick up a dead cat with your bare hands. How disgusted 1 to 10 would you be?
0: <sighs> 7
1: Okay. Um I think for me when I first took this test I put it at a 5. Um but that th- this is, th- there's nothing moral here. It's not that like you or I love cats any more or less. It's just we have different disgust levels. Um how about shaking hands with somebody who didn't wash after using the bathroom?
0: I think that's a 7 for me too. It's not
1: okay. it isn't it isn't like yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs>
0: I kind Um, of think because I just think of there's germs that you don't see and it's not thorough you know what I mean yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: when I took this test originally I think I gave it a 7 now here's here's a very interesting one you sit on a bus seat and it's still warm from the last person who was there
0: oh I like that that's a 2 I like that (laughs) I, I feel like I gotta thank them it's like chewing someone else's gum. Would you do that? Depends who it is. If it was a supermodel, yes. Is there really?
1: Well, that's that's a good question. I, we, we should have it modified. It's just, it just says stranger, but yeah. Depends
0: whose butt warmed it. Did, it they, did a
1: supermodel warm my, my bus seat?
0: Supermodels don't have big butts, so I do not think they'd, the, the heat would not. Be.
1: They're not efficient at it, yeah.
0: Where were you so, at?
1: I, I put a five. It It's it's weird okay this probably tells you too much about me it's weird that moving a dead cat disgusted me equally as sitting in a warm bus seat so like yeah but
0: you're a hunter and you're kind of you're kind of that way
1: that actually might be part of it yeah yeah um it's not
0: again the backstory it if it was your cat that you
1: loved you know
0: it's a little different you know like I, i i could pick up a i could carry a dead body but you know, or move a dead body that wouldn't. But if it was a loved one, it'd be different. You know,
1: right um, now, based on these results, uh, you have 16. I have 17. So I, I think we actually both scored pretty high, but in very different places um, with those scores. Who do you think is more socially conservative between the two of us? Not financially conservative socially.
0: I'd say you are.
1: Okay. Um, that might be true. It's it's a difference of one number. It's so, pretty close. Yeah, we're yeah, the same ball, we're the same, we, same bucket. Yeah, we could simply say that there's like a margin of error here. Um, but that's one of the great parts of these tests is they have given this test across colleges all over the place. And they found that um, people who are most socially conservative in, in, on the political spectrum, are easier to disgust like like you have a higher sensitivity to being disgusted especially when it comes to uh, social things and moral things um, now that's not a, a a negative or positive we're not looking at this like that's not a, a problem the only thing is you have to be aware of that yourself that, well, that you yeah yeah
0: it is it, it is if, if if you get yourself to the point that you're so worked up over politics and they're pushing that. Um, disgust button on you and getting you to give money and give of your time and, you know, and taking more, (laughs) using you.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's, that's exactly right. Okay. So I'm glad you went in the same direction that my brain did, which is if you are um, more conservative socially on the spectrum, you will be easier to manipulate. It will be easier to make you angry and it will be easier to make you disgusted by somebody else's behavior um, they call it a, a moral purity problem or, or discuss sensitivity with purity. Why does this sensitivity matter? Um, we, we opened the episode asking who is more sensitive to disgust men or women. Um, there's the old, uh, was it, is it the, the redneck comedy tour? Uh, somebody makes a joke that they like came back with streaks in their pants and it's so bad of a problem. Their wife is like, what happened? You, you hit a deer. Um, I, I, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to form this into a question because I think it'd be ridiculous, but women are more disgust sensitive than men. And I think that probably, anybody who's been in a they relationship probably We're, knows that.
0: They're, they're, they're less disgusted by things. I think they're more more understanding and patient, right? Especially mothers, I think. Yeah, Moms aren't disgusted by anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're just, I mean, they're pretty well, amazing. They're pretty amazing. Moms. Um. Dads are not that great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say, moms, because like, <laughs> it says here on the test that um, women are more disgusted by things when they're especially at certain stages of pregnancy. However, they show less disgust toward their children's own uh, feces, urine, things like that.
0: Yeah. Isn't that and weird?
1: They have tested new mothers uh, and, and given them sort of like smell tests, and they found out that they find their children's feces more neutral as a smell then they find it disgusting so like like yeah moms are literally primed to not feel disgust toward their children down to like the the excrement and stuff which is crazy
0: right like if you have a nurse mom there's not they can they they can just take care of anything right Right, they then go clean the their septic tank, you know, by hand. You know, <laughs> they're they're great.
1: <laughs> a, a a nurse mother is like a a oil driller. They don't care. Like they just trying neither to jo- discuss them.
0: Neither Joe had, neither one of us had one of those. So,
1: oh jealous. no, I did. Uh, not a not a mom. My my grandmother was an ER nurse, okay, and so. later after that was a a nurse for um, senior homes. So, you so. Know what I'm
0: talking about then. I'm dead on here.
1: Oh no, you are you are dead on. Like she. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, it's it's what's wrong with you? Show me. That's that's the 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 phrase. Um, so, uh, women are more uh, have more disgust sensitivity. They are especially disgust sensitive when they are pregnant, but not toward their own children. Um, conservatives have a higher disgust sensitivity. Liberals who take these tests have a lower disgust sensitivity. Both are weaknesses uh, in, like, like not weaknesses, but they are potential weaknesses built into us. If you are a conservative, you have a higher disgust sensitivity, more likely, and thus you have a big red button on your chest that um, you're walking around with it, and if somebody wants to trigger you into feeling disgust and feeling anger toward another group, they just hit the button. Um, the problem on the other direction is, if you have a lower disgust sensitivity, like liberals taking these tests, that means that you're not as easy to disgust, and thus you are um, going to be more ambivalent toward problems. You may not care as much if if something is like morally repugnant. You may not care as much if if something is you know threatening a, 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 the status quo. Like you 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 may not be moved as easily, and you you may not you know you may not wrinkle your nose when something happens that like you genuinely should be disgusted by like like <laughs> I, which which i think that's super fascinating that the, it's it's not one political group over the other is susceptible to uh, a weakness it's no 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 it, it comes with it, you you being less disgust sensitive or more disgust sensitive either one comes with a huge danger now there there is one last part of the study that i want to share and this, again, I, I can't say enough how everybody should go watch um, uh, the Paul Bloom class. Um, th- uh, they had a study at Cornell University that he talks about where they were asking volunteers about tax policy and immigration and uh, homosexuality. And people would go into this classroom and and it was mostly... Uh, like, it was a mixed study group, but they also had uh, called liberals, like like people who were going to college who were from wealthy liberal families. Um, they would put people in a room and they would, you know, with the control group, they would simply ask, what do you think about uh, taxes for this bracket? Do you think we should remove taxes for the upper bracket? You know, like, do should rich people be taxed more? Blah, blah, blah. The tax part does not matter. It's. Uh, the control group just simply answered how they felt uh, economically. Then there was a group where these poor bastards would walk into the room and right before they walked in, one of the psychologists would go in with a fart spray. So they'd like have like a pepper spray can with like fake fart smell and they they douse the room. And then they let people come in to take this test about you know, uh, um, you know, taxes, immigration policy and homosexuality. They found out that having like sitting down and and making the disgust face and and smelling somebody else's fart for an hour while they took this test, it did not change anything they thought about with taxes or the environment. Um what it made them change their answer on was they reacted more severely about homosexuality they they really yeah, <laughs> um in fact, during these these series of tests, they reacted most strongly about anything that would be considered a purity violation. Or, or like a, a a disgust of purity.
0: Now I gotta, I gotta comment on this. Yeah, um, I'm singing the choir. I do do voice training. I've been taking singing lessons, and I joined a choir. And there's a very famous choir here in Portland, and it's a gay man's choir. But do you know what the first rule of the gay man's choir is?
1: I have no idea.
0: You don't have to be gay.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and if you're not gay, you should should could at least have an experience. You at least should have slept with a guy in college or something. Right? <laughs> the reason I bring this up is: Do you think Joe that even though some people who are, aren't gay, there's a lot a high population of people who are not gay who are disgusted by gay? F- they don't like that, right? They disgust them. Do right. you think their love of music? Could overpower that to the point that they would even be in a choir that's labeled gay i
1: I think that yes, I like to believe the answer is yes I think that overcoming your gut reaction your your disgust of something of a group of people like 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 say you know Cato the Elder is saying that Carthaginians are um are eating babies and you you know it's not true but you're still disgusted by them as a people or or you have zero what is it i i've i've heard that um homosexuality is a sliding scale if if you're you know uh you, you can be 100% gay or 100% straight or you're probably some percentage along that bar somewhere if exactly, if you yeah. So like like and the not idea, not just tolerant,
0: but you don't feel that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. So so I I think that that this disgust test may have found where that scale is. I think it's if you <laughs> are think, reacting the, with disgust. <laughs>
0: And I think the people who are 100% disgusted with it are gay. That's why they feel that strong. <laughs> <laughs> they're insecure that they're gonna, you know. <laughs>
1: well, see, that's that's the theory is is that the insecurity is what's making them mad at, at at homosexuals. I think it is more. It's it's the other. It's a it's a different type of person. There's purity violations involved. There's a threat there. Like like I I, I seriously start to wonder if um if we could teach people to get over their disgust instinct and really question why they're disgusted by people or or whether or not they can you know come to the table with them break bread with them make policy with them whatever you're doing if you can get over your initial disgust and and ask yourself why i i think that would go a hell of a long way to not going in and shooting up a pizza parlor because you think people are trafficking children (laughs) or that or that you're so willing to believe that or that you're so easy to dupe with propaganda uh, on either side of the political spectrum because you took a second to be like well i'm disgusted but you know is is there a moral uh, uh fault here really
0: Disgust is both the simplest emotion we have and the most complicated lever we have in our morality. Disgust evolved as an emotional alarm bell to warn us what we can eat. As omnivores, we needed that. Humans eat things for fun that are otherwise poisonous to other animals, like caffeine and hot chilies. So it behooved us to develop a warning system to keep us away from spoiled meat, harmful parasites, or bacteria and the bodily explosions that harbor them. This disgust alarm can motivate us to do some pretty extreme stuff. Moral disgust can push us into equally extreme behavior. Ancient Rome propaganda accused Carthage of being savages and spreaders of disease and committing child sacrifice. It wasn't necessarily wrong for Roman citizens to fall for this propaganda and go to war. After all, the most reliable sources available, the Senate and the news, were feeding their disgust for Carthage. But maybe a few less citizens would have grabbed the sword if they knew the button that was being pushed for profit. You've been listening to The Re-Engineered You. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You mean the world to us. We have a new episode every week.
1: You can connect with us at www.re-engineeredyou.com. That's where we have research links, show notes, feedback, and blog articles for each of our episodes.